0: Wow! Welcome to um, the next episode of You Should Listen to This. Um, what episode welcome is this? Three,
1: to the, the third episode. Welcome to the third episode. Yes. Tanner needs to get his shit together.
0: Sorry, I'm getting over a cold, and uh, that's why I sound kind of stuffed up.
1: It's not the only reason. Okay. All right. So.
0: Last time we talked about um, Depression Cherry by Beach House. It was quite the conversation. Go listen to that one if you haven't already. Um, And I last time at the end of that episode, I told you that um, you should listen to uh, The Mollusk by Ween and
1: you didn't introduce me or you.
0: Hi, I'm Tanner and
1: uh,
0: (laughs) I'm here with my best friend Bat.
1: Hey, it's me. (laughs) that see now you threw me off my game
0: anyway anyway so we're gonna talk about the mollusk by ween yeah well before we get uh, fully into it I just want to emphasize that this is not an educational podcast this is a discussion podcast um, and I'm not going to know everything about this album I wish I knew everything about every album so if if the wean heads get mad at me I'm sorry I'm trying um, and 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 some of some of the wean heads might also be mad that I chose this album to to show you and not chocolate and cheese or Quebec um, but This is the album by Ween that I have the most connection to without a doubt, especially considering it was actually released on the exact same day I was born in 1997. So no way. Yes way. It feels like my soul is connected to this album.
1: Well, it doesn't say that on Spotify. It says a different date on Spotify.
0: Well, the Spotify one is wrong. If you look anywhere else, any other source on the internet, it is June 24th, 1997. Ween has always dabbled in just about any genre you can think of. You know, people always talk about uh, King Gizzard as the... And the
1: Lizard Wizard.
0: And the Lizard Wizard and how they do a new genre with each album like that's their whole thing right but ween was doing that kind of thing way before king gizzard was um and i think more enjoyable than king gizzard if i do say so myself
1: you're gonna get all the king gizzard heads
0: oh no i'm so scared of australians (laughs) um but yeah i mean ween is really At its core, uh, about two guys getting high and making stupid jokes and making cool music and jamming out, changing the game and influencing uh, uh, rock music for years to come and influencing a lot more. Um, The Mollusk is Ween's sixth album. Um, Gene and Dean Ween, or their real names, Aaron Freeman and Mickey. Melchiendo, um, they call this album the true follow-up to 1994's Chocolate and Cheese. And uh, they still call it their favorite album they've ever made. This album takes us through a journey of dark, nautical-themed, psychedelic art rock. On the cover, we get this uh, uh, Lovecraftian beast of an illustration of all things sea life. And um, it kind of looks like a Volvo, which I think is pretty fun. Uh, the The cover art was done by a guy named Storm Thorgerson. And some people might know that name, um, but he's he's known for doing tons and tons of iconic album covers, probably most known for doing uh, Dark Side of the Moon for Pink Floyd. But he's done dozens of uh, lesser known album covers, too, including The Mollusk. This album was so influential, in fact, that it influenced one of the greatest cartoons of all time, Spongebob Squarepants. When Stephen Hillenburg, the creator of Spongebob Squarepants, Stephen Hillenburg, he was a marine biologist and uh, he called Dean Ween. He was a marine biologist actually at uh, Humboldt State University, fun fact. But uh, he called Dean Ween and he said that he wanted to make a cartoon inspired by the mollusk. You can actually hear the influence on this album straight away, the influence that it had on Hillenburg and and to create SpongeBob and throughout the entire album.
1: Well, yeah, it's a nautical-themed album.
0: Well, yes, yeah. I mean, and it makes even more sense. And it's goofy.
1: It's got some goofiness to it.
0: Oh, yeah. It's it's very... um,
1: Whimsical.
0: uh, Whimsical and childlike in the same way that SpongeBob is. You know, he's an adult, but he's a child, you know? yeah and it makes sense you know especially when you remember the thing that i still don't know if is true or if it's just an old i guess i should have confirmed this but that you know the old thing that people always say that spongebob was originally supposed to be an adult cartoon
1: oh yeah because bikini bottom and crab sandy cheeks yeah
0: yeah anyway i that that would work well with you know ween's 90s stoner humor um if that were the case before it pivoted to a a kid's show. Ween would actually later create a song for Spongebob. Do you remember the song Loop De Loop from Spongebob? How does the it song go? Song about tying shoes. How does it go? And then a loop. I don't remember. Um, anyway, it's it's <laughs> it's from it's from like a 2001 episode, right? So OG SpongeBob. Um, yeah, it's where SpongeBob is trying to tie his shoes, and there's a song called Loop De Loop, and he's like in a shoe and he's riding the shoelaces like a roller coaster. You don't remember that?
1: I'd have to hear it, or yeah, I'd have to hear it. I I don't recall off the top Mm. of my head. I'm sorry. I watched a lot of
0: SpongeBob as a kid.
1: I watched less SpongeBob than you did, so I'm sorry. Well,
0: that's lame. That's too bad for you.
1: (laughs) You can only take so much of that guy.
0: Nah, he's great. He's the best. But uh, um, uh, that that song, Loop-de-loop, was written and performed by Ween. And, uh, you know, SpongeBob and different characters from the show – can be seen all over the album. This is a very, very, very important album because of SpongeBob and because of my birthday. <laughs> okay, uh, this,
1: it's important to you?
0: Yes, and okay. important in general. Um, well,
1: yeah, I suppose.
0: I mean, SpongeBob is a cultural touchstone. It's, it's, it's one of the finest things that American art has ever created, right? It's the only uh, thing that white people have ever done. Like, it's great.
1: I don't think I could agree with you on that, but I understand the sentiment.
0: Mm, okay. Anyway, <laughs> Kurt Vile loves this album. So um, this album was primarily written on a beach, which, uh, you know, initially indirectly influenced the album. But then they leaned into it to make that entire nautical concept album. This is a maritime masterpiece. Ooh. Just some don't don't get into it too much, but I just want to know your opening thoughts going into this album and uh, what you were expecting and and what you knew beforehand and uh, all that kind of stuff.
1: Well, I don't want to give you my thoughts quite yet. I kind of want to I kind of want to preface going into the album with your predictions, um, but I will say that going into the album, I was not expecting it to be a nautical themed experience i think i just kind of like i glanced at the the album artwork and i was like okay cool but i didn't i didn't think that i would be getting down deep into the depths of the deep blue sea so i definitely my first impressions were like what the heck when i first when i first put the album on i was like what did tanner get me into
0: well i've talked about this album before to you
1: I don't remember a single thing. I'm just gonna be straight up
0: that's well, that's too bad because I've definitely put multiple songs from this album on playlists for you and you always say you listen to the playlist that I make so um I guess uh, the truth is coming out
1: but <laughs> let's move on into your predictions
0: My predictions yeah, what were my predictions
1: um you predicted that I my overall score for this album would be a five or six. I think is what you said. Yes. So you said maybe a five or six for my overall score and predictions for my favorite and least favorite track you think, or you predicted that my least favorite track would be the Blarney Stone and my favorite might be the Mollusk or Buckingham Green. And so let's get into the album and we can find out.
0: This album... It's going track by track doesn't make as much sense as it did on the previous albums that we've done, but we are still gonna do it because I think this album still benefits from that
1: um 100%. But it's, not, it,
0: it's it's not necessarily you know there there's we're gonna exercise analyzing this album, you know as as much as i I can, but uh, i I want to emphasize that this album, I don't think was made for a ton of analysis. I think there are a lot of uh, deeper meanings in a lot of the songs that were put there from the start, but we get into some of the goofier parts of this album, and I don't think it's meant to be read into too much. So I just want to emphasize that, but I still want to analyze some stuff. So
1: Yeah, that goes without saying completely. Let's get into it.
0: The opener for the album is called I'm Dancing in the Show Tonight, Um, and it is an immediate tone setter for the album. And uh, if you've never heard Ween before or if you didn't know that you had like Bat, um, and this is the first song that you hear on the first album that you listen to by them, you might be a little turned off by it.
1: A hundred percent.
0: It's uh, it's goofy, uh, but Ween has always been a goofy band, and it's better to learn that early.
1: Yeah, they're laying it all out on the table and introducing you to the ride that you're about to go on.
0: This first song is the first clear sign that this album inspired Spongebob. I mean, it's, the voices on this song sound exactly like Spongebob and Patrick.
1: Interesting.
0: Like, did you not hear that? It's literally just Spongebob and Patrick on that i didn't think
1: i didn't think about it like that i think because this song like conjures so many images for me and it's it doesn't look anything like the spongebob universe but that totally makes sense that you're saying it it's just like oh that kind of taints my view of the song but yeah i i get it
0: okay Yeah, yeah yeah um and this this song doesn't have any nautical themes sadly but it does set the tone for the album. Uh, do you know the song, I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas?
1: Oh, I know that I do, but I can't think of how it goes.
0: I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Something like that.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like
0: It's like an old 50s song, right? Right, right, right. The B-side for that old song is a song called Are My Ears On Straight and uh this song is a reworking of that classic 50s song are my ears on straight so the original was like are my ears on straight da, ba, dun, right okay so, so
1: it's, it's a sample
0: pre- well it's 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 more of an interpolation or a reworking
1: okay bitch
0: so it's pretty cool
1: initially i wrote well these are my initial thoughts but i I think that I, I f- I said, I, f- I actually find this to be a really enjoyable track except the way the vocals change makes me uneasy in a way I don't love. And I said the first time I heard this, I was disturbed because initially I was like, this is disturbing. I don't like the way the vocals are like changing because if you don't know this song, it's not like two people singing. It's like one person singing and the, The vocals pitch up and they pitch down like without breaking like it kind of like i don't know how to explain it but it's like you're on a roller coaster of vocals so the first time i heard that i was like it was like like kind of eerie i didn't really like know what to do with it but now like my more current note says i am now not so easy I'm now not so uneasy while listening to the vocals change. I really enjoy this track a lot, and it gets stuck in my head often. I love the whimsy of the music and the lyrics. It's got a Disneyland ride sort of sound that is really fun every time I listen. And I said, like, Splash Mountain-type beat, um, because it kind of makes me think of, like, well, now it's no longer Splash Mountain, but, you know, if you have been on it previously, like, with... I don't know what they're. Oh, fuck! I can't think of what they're called—the puppets and everything. But those ones, like specifically the way that they sound, the the, the music from the ride.
0: Yeah, it it reminds me um, what what I think of just because SpongeBob is already on the brain. I think of SpongeBob and Patrick in the what is it the 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 Goofy Goober place where they get the ice cream sundays at the beginning of the movie. And they like get drunk on ice cream Sundays. Remember that?
1: No, not really.
0: What did, did you have you never seen the SpongeBob SquarePants movie?
1: Yeah, I've seen it.
0: You just don't remember it?
1: No, when did that movie come out? It was like over a decade uh, ago. I don't 2003, remember.
0: 2003, 2004, something like that.
1: 2003, it was 20 years ago.
0: Yeah, and I've seen it probably in the last five years. I, I, it's, okay, it's but I that, haven't. Well, why not? It's one that everyone's got to go back to, you know?
1: Because I don't like SpongeBob like that.
0: That's crazy. Well, that's what this reminds me of. That It reminds me of SpongeBob and Patrick getting drunk on ice cream Sundays, singing a show tune together
1: it definitely reminds me of them with their like when they look like little kids or something with their like little cheeks and their big smiles or whatever yeah that's what it makes me think of but yeah i love this one i love this track i've heard it a bunch so let's move on Okay. It's really, it's really get into the meat and potatoes of this well,
0: album. It, well, we got, we got the title track now, The Mollusk. Yes. And um, it's already way less goofy. And it's a song that really highlights a lot of the musical skill that we will hear throughout the album. Gene and Dean Ween both have agreed that at the point that this album came out that this was the greatest song they had ever made. Um, so good that they decided to make it the title track. Uh, before I get into kind of some of the meanings of the... Because you can analyze the lyrics here, but I just want to hear your thoughts on this song first.
1: Oh, no. I'm going to sound dumb if I don't know what this song is about, huh?
0: You Trust me. You
1: Trust me. It's okay. So the song is like a conversation between... I don't know. I don't want to say that it's like some wizard, but it's like... It's the conversation between a kid and like some older guy. And the kid finds literally, I mean, if we were talking literally, the kid finds a mollusk in the sand and they're just kind of like chatting about the mollusk. So (laughs) I'm going to sound really dumb.
0: I definitely do recommend um, if you're a dedicated uh, listener of You Should Listen to This, one of our true fans out there, we love you. (laughs) Um, We do recommend that you listen to the album before the podcast episode. It is not necessary, but it's uh it's fun.
1: Yeah. I mean if you're uh, uh, like a super super dedicated, I would I would say listen to the album, listen to the podcast, and listen to the album again or whatever works best for your process. But that's not necessary and you can enjoy the podcast however you want to as long as you are listening and liking and subscribing and yeah.
0: <laughs> and give it a 5-star rating.
1: Give it a 5-star rating. Stream it while you sleep. Okay, so this is The Mollusk, probably my favorite track. I really like this one. Um, When I first heard it, I was like, oh, this is giving me MGMT vibes, which is so silly because obviously MGMT came after Ween, but I don't listen to music like... I don't listen to psychedelic music before this time period, so... Um, I don't have anything to reference, like um, connect this music to. So I'm like, oh, I wonder if uh, Ween inspired MGMT. Maybe I really they, like. They this. did. Yeah, is that confer- Is that canon? <laughs> I
0: I I do know. A long time ago, I read a story about the his- the the oral history of Electric Feel. You know the classic MGMT uh. song. They talked about how I don't remember what song it was exactly, but they did say that. Uh, A Certain Wind song was an inspiration for uh, a lot of that song.
1: Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, Of course, this is like a very like psychedelic track. It's like kind of calming in a way. Like it's it's pretty it's pretty chill, I would say, but. I said that it makes you feel like you are beneath the ocean's surface and surrounded by blue ocean with light filtering through. The way that that synth is a little bit like um, trickling, or I want to, I don't want to call it a rolling synth because I feel like every synth I might refer to as being rolling, I think it's more of like a trickling sound. So, um, you know, you can let me know what you think of that kind of metaphor like light filtering through you know when you're below the the surface of the water and oh yeah sunlight comes through and the waves are going so it's kind of like a sprinkling light underneath that's what this like what that's what the music and the synth kind of reminds me of
0: yeah yeah it's um yeah i know it's exactly what you're talking about like like finding nemo like through the anemone the light shining through
1: i think they have great tracks like uh the instrumental part it's, it's they're so vivid which i really like there's a lot to sink your teeth into
0: the the guitar on this song is just so nice i love it so much you said you this this is uh one of your favorite songs so i was right mhm hell yeah i'm the best um okay so <laughs> i i wanted to I knew this song was based on a story, but I didn't know the story, so I wanted to look into it. And uh, according to some Catholic tradition, I believe, uh, while walking along a beach, St. Augustine uh, is said to have had a revelation regarding the incomprehensibility of the Holy Trinity after seeing a child digging a hole in the sand with a scallop, which is a type of mollusk. And uh, he was using the shell to fill the hole with water, and Augustine realized that uh, his attempts to understand the Trinity were as futile as the kids' attempt to fill uh, the whole ocean like, he was trying to put the whole ocean into the hole. Or that's what he said it was like. It was the same amount of futility, right?
1: Tell him to so, bring out the whole ocean.
0: Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> this song is about DJ Khaled.
1: DJ Khaled! Sorry.
0: No, it's fine. Um, this, is a,
1: this is a serious podcast.
0: It's not a serious podcast. Um,
1: we are very serious. Uh,
0: yeah, good song. I love this song. This is this is always great one of my song. favorites to listen to.
1: I really like that story. I think that's great, and now I understand what the Trinity is. I th- I thought that it was something about life, um, because of the because of the the lyrics. I was thinking like, oh, this. You know, like someone older talking to someone younger, you know, and it's like the innocence and like naivete that the child has and the, the person's older and it's like, oh, what is that you have? And it's not really like a condescending sort of thing. It's more just like an understanding between the two.
0: It's what you can learn from, you know, the younger generations.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like to me, it's like him. Admiring his curiosity, like what are you up to? What are you doing down there? What what are you getting into today? <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, I hear you. This song goes straight into uh, an interesting song, Polka Dot Tail. Now, many different imp- interpretations have been presented for a lot of songs on this album, and you know, I don't want to say there's any correct interpretation, but for this song, you know, this a beautiful piece of psychedelic rock seems to highlight a narrator in my opinion a sailor that is falling to dementia in his final years telling someone billy maybe cuz he says billy about these weird things he's seen and experienced is it is it is it just dementia filling his mind with false memories or in his sailing days did he really come across things so extraordinary And, uh, you know, he says, uh, help me. (laughs)
1: That's a really good impression.
0: Thank you. That makes me think of uh, like this old sailor guy that's like lost in his own uh, mind and he doesn't know what's real and what's fake. And um, and he, he can't figure it out. And then we break into some more awesome psychedelic guitar. It's a great track.
1: I did not think of it. As being so grim when I, but that kind of makes sense just because of the, the vocals. The vocals are like, uh, you know, it has this like kind of drone to it. You know what I mean? But I, I, I heard it more as like the words are like kind of goofy. Although the line, have you ever tried to shrink like an ice cube in the sink? When I heard that one, I was like, 100%. Yes. <laughs> that's, the, yeah. that's the one that I was like, yeah, so true. Um, <laughs> but um, I don't love this track. I said that the droning instrumental isn't really for me. Mostly my qualms with the song are how is how it sounds sonically. Like It's just not really my kind of style. I will say though that with this album, each track is layered so interestingly, and there's not really a boring moment. Because even though this song, like, I wouldn't want to listen to it, I'd want to skip it. Like, while I listen to it, I'm still appreciating it for its music, for its lyrics. Like, it's still an intriguing listen.
0: This was definitely one that, um, I think the first few times I listened to this album was just one that I didn't really pay that much attention to, but I think after listening more closely to the album, it's uh, a really special one. And I have that experience with a few songs on this album. Yeah. Do you have any uh, final thoughts on this one? I, I, I feel like it's a pretty, I mean, I, I gave my interpretation, but I think, um, your ideas are more right. Um, well, who's to say what's more right? But um,
1: there, yeah, I think everyone is just as right as they are wrong with this album. Up is down, you know.
0: Yeah. Do you know what a Johnny on the spot is?
1: I feel like I do. Like the, it's like you know when you're there at the right time.
0: <laughs> yeah, kinda
1: right
0: yeah i mean yeah uh, like a, so a johnny on the spot is defined as someone who is always ready to perform a service or respond to an emergency
1: perform a service
0: so we get into the next song i'll be your johnny <laughs> on the spot yeah this one's fun this one's just a fun listen i think yeah like, so
1: so we we have like, our boom, like, boom, like boom, boom, yeah we have our our opening track which is kind of fun and then we have the mollusk and polka dot tail which are kind of like not really more serious songs but you know this is this is the the first kind of like uptick in little moment in the album after the opener so it kind of like yes you know we were kind of droning and now it's like wake up wake up <laughs> sorry yeah yeah
0: um, um do you know what a mopar <laughs> cam is
1: i don't
0: got a chevy with a mopar cam yeah, that part, right? Yeah, um, you
1: sound just like it.
0: I had to look it up, but it's it's basically a car part that makes cars go fast. But uh-huh. it only works in Chrysler's. So why is he saying that he has a Chevy wow. with a Mopar cam? <laughs> um, so we may interpret this that uh, as having an unreliable narrator, which could be further proven because he has the tendency to repeat everything uh, he's saying, perhaps in desperation to prove a point.
1: Yeah, I do think that the the pace of the song leans into that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, and I love the part where the good talk goes, wah, bah, 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 bah. the wah, 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 wah part.
1: You sound just like it.
0: Okay, all
1: right. You should do that professionally.
0: <laughs> and you get wah, race car wah. sounds in the song, and it's like, he's going fast, you know?
1: Yeah, I think this, this one, I said it's super groovy and cool, makes me feel like I'm going through a wormhole or something. Um, I really like it. I immediately, my initial thoughts were this is fun and cool instrumentally. I just don't like the saying that is the main part of the song, which is I'll be your Johnny on the spot. I don't like that. I don't like it. (laughs) It makes me uncomfortable. I don't know. That's how I am with, um, is that an idiom? I don't know. I just, I I don't like I don't like those type of like. S- There's a lot of sayings and like little things like that that I don't like, and that's yeah, why I knew like, this it just about you, me- and I always yeah. thought it
0: was interesting.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just don't like that. It's like like you're not Johnny on the spot. Ugh, I don't. Uh.
0: You're so funny. Just-
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I don't know what it is, but um, I do like the song. It's just like if he wasn't saying Johnny on the spot, I would like it much more.
0: Take idioms. Out of all literature, <laughs> please.
1: But I'm I do begging. I I do like this track. It does make me think of uh what's the cartoon name, Johnny?
0: Johnny Bravo.
1: Johnny Bravo, yeah. It, when I it hear it. definitely the song, does have that. Yeah, it makes me think of him, which is another like thing that I don't like. I don't want to be thinking of him.
0: <laughs> Johnny Bravo's like the best though. He's a feminist.
1: In my mind, he's singing this song.
0: Yeah, I can, yeah, yeah, I can picture kind of,
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's singing the song with his mutilated lips.
0: Well, uh, uh, before we go I'm, there, I,
1: I I figured that you would want to say something else, but I had to. I wanted it to be a good transition.
0: Okay, I just <laughs> I just have one more point to make. Okay, I figured because I'll be your I'll be your Johnny on the spot doesn't have direct nautical themes uh but it, it it does have that kind of working man core you know blue collar core that uh a, a lot of this album features you know so it I think- does
1: and it does have the psyched the psychedelic um sound to well it.
0: yes yeah obviously but yeah now now we can get into <laughs>
1: mutilated, <laughs> mutilated
0: lips. lips and why don't you why don't you open us up uh on this one and i want to know what you thought at first
1: okay well Mutilated Lips is, I think, a pretty rich, dense track. It's got some drone-ish vocals, a lot of distortion. It's really layered, but more of more more metered, more like. St- slower so we had that like uptick in energy and now we're kind of sailing the ocean uh the waves are like a little bit you know calm <laughs> uh, when i first heard this i said there's those weird distorted pitch vocals again mad face emoji uh and i said i think i prefer the verses to the chorus but the chorus does intrigue me sonically lyrically i love the chorus um there's something really? about this yeah oh
0: okay i want (laughs) to know why i'm curious
1: so so i was saying that like um i prefer sonically i preferred the verses but lyrically i i did love the chorus i said there's something about this music that has to grow on you like a barnacle at first it's vaguely off-putting and silly which is of course it's charm but then you listen more and you begin to like it and appreciate it unironically um so that that's what kind a great of like, way
0: to describe it. A bardicle, that's good. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, keeping with the, the nautical theme. Um, yeah. but this is one of the bright spots on the album, I think. Um, because whenever it comes on, I'm like, yeah, mutilated lips. Oh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah. The, the effects are pretty cool, and the vocals and guitar give that in the ocean type feeling and i even think that the like the distortion of the vocals does sound like like you're underwater i guess like yeah i don't know how to describe it but if you if you're listening along to the podcast and you're not listening to any of the albums i really I really hope that you check out this album and and listen to this one because it's just you have to hear it. It's to hard understand. to describe. It's hard to describe. I'm trying to though. I'm trying to give you.
0: I think you're doing a great job.
1: Oh, thank you. But yeah, I love the I love the lyrics and the um the phrasing the phrasing of the chorus. Yeah. How it's like mutilated lips give a yeah, kiss on the no, wrist. No, no. Yeah, the way that it's no, like no, no. phrased.
0: The way it's metered. Um,
1: yeah, the the phrasing of it, I really like.
0: Yeah, this is my favorite song on the album, probably. Um, although it goes back and forth all the time about what is and what isn't, but I think this one is always up there for me. Um, I love it so much. the The chorus gets stuck in my head all the time, and I'm just like, "Mutilated lips, give a kiss on her wrist." Oh my god, it's so it's so good. I love it so much, and you know those silly voices again. It sounds like a Spongebob character. It sounds like a character on Spongebob. Um, oh my god, I cannot
1: in- escape the Spongebob. <laughs>
0: but but this album is Spongebob. That's why this album, one of the reasons this album is important. Ween is Spongebob. Spongebob is Ween. This album.
1: I disagree.
0: I think you're wrong.
1: That's your opinion.
0: Steven Hillenburg said that this song was um, a big inspiration for the show as well and you can hear it on the on the on the song um
1: I do think very SpongeBob thoughts like when when I read and I hear mutilated lips I think of like these really like crusty barnacle lips inside yeah. of the like SpongeBob world like the way that they if you've seen SpongeBob and you know the way that they um will show like an an overly detailed image <laughs> that's like a really gross and disturbing like when they'll show like Spongebob and they have all these like I don't know pores and wrinkles yeah. on him and it's just like uh, where it doesn't look like a cartoon that's kind of what I think of when I hear like mutilated lips I'm kind of looks like that. the album cover no but well yeah. I was
0: gonna say this, this song is uh I mean I think of the album cover when I hear this song immediately like cause you know the album cover looks like Some mutilated lips, some creature that is, it is, you know, an ugly thing.
1: You know, I thought the album artwork was just a picture of, you know, the Ween guys. (gasps) What? But now that I'm looking at it, you're right. It's something else.
0: What are you talking about?
1: That's not, that's not Ween and Bean. What are their names?
0: Gene and Dean Ween. (laughs)
1: That's not Gene and Dean Ween on the cover?
0: What what joke are you trying to make? Are you trying to say wow. that they look like that?
1: No, it was just a joke. Let's move on. No. I... You've embarrassed me for the last time. No, I,
0: I didn't mean to embarrass you.
1: It's fine. You're dead to me. Arrgh. Okay.
0: Well, this song was- Get off uh, my ass! This song was completely written on LSD. Really? And um, it really, literally, it just highlights their experience through this trip. And uh, if if someone doesn't understand the lyrics, that's fine, because they're really not supposed to make sense, technically. But the chorus is very nautical themed. Um, and if we want to dig into it, you know, he's kissing something or someone with some messed up lips. You know, he says, take my hand, you ugly girl and uh you know these tentacles in his mind with worm-like tips they're they're opening his brain up all this brine is pouring in his 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 brain is accepting fresh brine man i love that line about fresh brine cuz that that really makes me mm-hmm. feel like i'm tasting some salt water in my mouth that salty sea flavor and i really get into into the album at that point you know he he thinks all these girls that are with him are uh, uh, pretty ugly, but he still has an affinity for her. And uh, this, yeah, this is one of my favorites on the album. And it's some of the best psych rock I've ever heard.
1: I think that to me, like reading the lyrics of the chorus, it makes me think of now that you say like LSD, it makes me think that the LSD is giving a kiss to the brain.
0: I like that. Yeah.
1: But yeah, this is a great track. I really like it.
0: I'm glad. Yeah. Well, now we're going to go to what I predicted would be your least favorite. And before I, I hear your thoughts, I'll just, I'll just talk about this. Um, this is a banger of a sea shanty. Oh, my God. It is such a banger. I feel like I'm in a pub or on a ship out at sea hanging out with all these Irishmen in like the 1800s or something. We, we do know that they're Irish because they're singing about the Blarney Stone, which is in Ireland. Do you know about the Blarney Stone?
1: I don't know shit.
0: So the Blarney Stone is a rock in Ireland that you get to kiss uh, for good luck or something um, after climbing up a castle and someone dangles you upside down so you can get into this awkward spot to kiss the rock and it's like a tradition or something. It's supposed to give you like uh, the gift of gab, you know, speech level 100. <laughs> so, so this, this, this well, sailor... The point that? This sailor that's singing this song... You know, to be charming and stuff. The gift of gab is important. Don't you want the gift of gab?
1: Okay, all right. I already have it. Bitch, I was born like this.
0: (sighs) Um, And so this sailor wants the ability to be persuasive. So uh, he can do pirate things, probably, or get a girl. His girl, Patty, he's sad that she's gone. um, But he'll wash it down with some booze and some other women because... That's what sailors do. That's what pirates do. This song is so fun. I feel like I'm 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 one of the gang. It's great. Yeah, I love sea shanties, but I didn't think that you would. So I want to know what you think.
1: Well, this one isn't my favorite, but it's still such an excellent song. Um, it's a good shanty. I'm just not the biggest fan of i do like shanties i don't know i said i'm just not the biggest fan of shanties but that's just not true i think i'm just picky um this one is decent it makes me uncomfortable okay i'm gonna sound like a really dumb prude or something but i it makes me uncomfortable when he says that he's gonna like fuck the girl <laughs> i'm just yeah. like ah yeah like, all right, okay. I don't know. I don't like the like. Well, because um, you,
0: when you think of the guy singing, you think he's this gross, grimy guy with like three teeth and like shit in his beard. Like, it's, it's, it's like a kind of a gross image to think about him, um, no, touching it's, a woman.
1: No, it's mold. Oh, wait. No, mold is in his ears, not his beard. Yeah. He oh, says, yeah. he says all these gross things about himself. Yeah. Um, he knows he's gross. Yeah, so it makes me even more uncomfortable that he's going to, you know, have sex with a pretty young lady.
0: And then he'll get up and sing.
1: Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, I like I like the chorus, you know. I just, yeah. Anyways, it's just not, all in all, it's like not my thing, but it is good. I think it's really good. Um, I I like the bagpipes. The bagpipes are excellent, and the background noises throughout really make you feel like you're there and like a pub. Um, And so it's really atmospheric and fun. So yeah, I do think positively about this song. It's just my personal preference is not this type of shanty. I suppose.
0: Yeah, I think I I think you made a good point there that this song is really expertly engineered, you know. It really creates a vibe and a scene for you. It puts in these sounds of, of a lively pub or something, or like a, a mess hall on a ship or, or or whatever. It's noisy. You can hear people having fun singing along, glasses clinking, you know, it it feels alive, it feels real, it feels lived in which I think is a really uh, cool thing as opposed to it just being a straightforward sea shanty. I think it's really trying to create the feeling more than anything.
1: Yeah, it definitely makes the song, I think.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And then uh, we get into the next song, It's Gonna Be All Right, or It's Gonna Be... It's Gonna Be... Parentheses, All, all right. right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: This is a nice song. This is a nice optimistic breakup song. It's very emotionally mature. He's basically saying, you know, hey, this sucks. This is terrible. And I really hope that I did the right thing by ending this. But he still feels this guilt for the things that he did. You know, he feels like he didn't try hard enough to make the relationship work. I love the instrumental for this song. One of my favorite instrumentals on this album. Um, the the moody, wavy guitar and and the echoing hi hats. It all just sits in my brain so nicely, and it's still got that um, psychedelic touch in there. And oh, it's just it's. Mwah
1: yeah this is a nice song i said that it's a sweet song i like this when i listen to it and it and again it has some underwater sounds and it sounds very melancholy, which it is. It's a melancholy track. I really like the lyrics. I think it's so sweet. It's like pretty straightforward too, which I like, um, but not overly obvious. I really love the line, and if the mist ever lets the sun through, I just hope I did the right thing for me and you. Like, that's so, like, I love the delivery of that. It's so well put. Yeah, this is a sweet little track. Ooh, it's a sweet little track. Sorry. Um,
0: it's boring you, I guess.
1: <sighs> yeah, this is such a boring album. No, it's kind of interesting that this song follows the Blarney Stone because that's—it's really giving you range.
0: Oh yeah, I mean yeah, this album is all about range. Yeah, this this song. I think they like one time said, don't quote me on this. They one time said that this is basically them trying to make a song. That's like how they phrased it. Like they wanted to put a song song on the album that people can listen to that is a song.
1: <laughs> that totally makes sense. And this definitely is a song. Maybe that's why I didn't have as much notes for it because I said, oh, this is a sweet song. Like I like yeah. this. But And there's, there's definitely more that you could say about this song. And oh, for the- sure. It's just there's it's surrounded by so much bizarre shit, <laughs> you know that like
0: it's like it's like watching a like crazy um you know crazy weird monster movie and then like there's like a random romance scene in the middle of it.
1: It gives you a little chance to to take a a break, catch yeah, your you breath,
0: catch your breath. Yeah, exactly.
1: Before diving right back into the depths, baby, let's. Go
0: with a golden eel.
1: hell yeah. Um, the golden eel.
0: Yet another song about acid. The story behind this is is that their friend had a golden eel, and uh, they would trip balls and stare at this eel, swim around, and do stuff. And, uh, you know, this, this eel is kind of used as a metaphor uh, for the impossible task of explaining the thoughts that you have while tripping on acid. Um, he cannot reveal the words of a golden eel, right? It's impossible to explain what you go through on acid. This song goes so fucking hard. This guitar is so fucking sick. The breakdown comes in. It's, it's, it's fantastic. This song is, is so fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I love just imagining them hanging out with this eel and trying to like find out the secrets of the universe from this eel.
1: Yeah, okay. So I was not thinking that that's what the song was about but i agree it is really cool i can kind of understand now that that's what the song is about but i was thinking that i was thinking that he could not like he couldn't reveal the words of the golden eel and it says who can explain all these thoughts racking my in my mind but or racking my mind but i was thinking he cannot like he can't spill the secrets like i thought that he knew but like He had a understanding with the golden eel, and the golden eel was like, Don't tell anybody the meaning of this and like don't share with it. And so he was like, I can't do it, guys. Sorry. (laughs) And I was thinking (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was thinking that the Golden Eel is like this really huge, like golden eel in the ocean. I was thinking of it more like a fantasy song because I don't do drugs and I have never done any psychedelics. So when I hear stuff like this, I'm just thinking like, oh, this is really like cool and creative. And I totally forget that drugs exist and that people write music uh, influenced by drugs. So I'm just like, oh, this is fun. (laughs) Like I'm not even thinking about drugs. I'm kind of like a little bit naive or like innocent in that way um so that's kind of what i was thinking but that totally makes sense now that you say
0: i love thinking of it as like a mythical song and there's like this giant golden eel that they're they're like learning the secrets of the universe from and, and right like it's i like, think
1: that you shall sense.
0: not tell anyone I
1: right that. that's exactly how i was like reading this song
0: yeah I think that's a great interpretation
1: i i love the guitar solo towards the end of the song and the music is just freaking awesome it's a cool track i said it's a cool track but mostly it's not my mostly it's not my style of music um over time it's grown on me more i don't want to say that it's not my style of music because i feel like this style of music like completely creative psychedelic and cool that is my style of music um i think it's just not something that i like am well versed in so that's why it's grown on me because i'm like oh i really like this i just never learned how to listen to this type of music cuz i haven't been exposed to it as much but i really do like it and appreciate it it just takes a little bit more time for me since i don't have um like a super trained ear for it
0: well i love that i i appreciate that yeah and i think that's 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 an important reminder to everyone out there that sometimes you just got to listen to it a few times sometimes you just got to Or or maybe you just got to know the context or, you know, like you don't have to always perspective. You don't have to always love a song on the first listen or decide your feelings on it on the first listen.
1: Right. Or maybe it takes a few years or, you know, a different decade or something. You know, people's tastes change over the course of their lives and everything. So, yes.
0: You would have never caught me calling a country album one of my favorite albums of the year a few Uh, years ago
1: let's save it for our end of year favorites <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right um well we we can start talking about uh, cold blows the wind why don't why don't you open this up for this one
1: um okay so this is a slower cut it's got a bit of drone to it I don't really okay well I can't really take you through this song because I don't really know what it's about but I do enjoy it and it is one of the like slower tracks so we we've gone through this psychedelic trip and it, this is this is kind of like a sobering track i think after the golden eel um cuz it's it's not as trippy and it kind of is like you're coming down from a a trip it's a little bit more like not sad but melancholic i think i think like a good theme of this album is like melancholy cuz you know when you're a sailor and you're dealing with the harsh realities of the world sometimes you you know you've got some woes you've got some troubles that's what we're touching on in this uh, song. I think you could tell me if I'm wrong
0: No no I think I think you you hit the nail on the head um, This is a, a, a reinterpretation of an old English folk song from the 1800s and um, it highlights a similar story of someone mourning his dead love. And uh, this was the first song recorded for the album, actually, and it would define the nautical atmosphere and theming of the album. Uh, This one is still one of my least favorites on the album, but, you know, it's still so cool to me, um, just like everything on this album. Um, And it's kind of haunting. You know, you hear that like almost like oscilloscope sounding thing. And to me, it sounds like a like a like a dude on an old coastal seaside town, you know, really going through it because he lost a baddie.
1: (laughs) I definitely think of like a very. Very cloudy, really dull town with some brick road that you're kind of shuffling yeah. along.
0: Yeah, like like a foggy, cold coastal town, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: This the song itself. It's dark. It's dank. It's dreary. Um, I like it. It's just not one of my faves, and but it's still sick. You know, it's a nautical. It's scary. It's folky. It's evil a little bit menacing um and these are all themes throughout the album and i think you know they all show up on this song and um yeah you know it works on the album
1: yeah i i agree it's not it's not like my favorite one but i do like it i really like the you know one kiss one kiss of your lily white lips if that was to kiss my lily white lips thy days would not be long like i really anytime that. That part comes on, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the song with that part. I like that part. I just, I don't know. It catches me. Yeah, that's how I identify this song.
0: My, my, my favorite lyrics from this song are, um, and some of my favorite lyrics from the whole album, actually, is, uh, Go dig me a grave, both long, wide, and deep, as quickly as you may. I'll lie down in it and take one sleep for 12 months and one day. Yeah, It's true. just true. Oh, it's so good! Uh, it's so cool. You know, it's fu- it's funny that we have this this dark, dreary song, and it goes straight into "Pink Eye" parentheses on my leg. Wait, what
1: is this? Is "Cold Blows the Wind" sung from the perspective of a woman?
0: Um. So the original, um, the original folk song is from the perspective of a woman.
1: Oh, okay. Because I was thinking, oh, is he gay? Um, because it said <laughs> that his true love was slain. But then, you know, it says, I'll do as much for my true love as any young girl may. So I'm like, oh, wait, is this sung from the perspective of a woman? And her and her love is a man and he's dead. That's, that's totally new to me because I'm not hearing it that way when I listen to it. But those are the words.
0: Yeah, you got it.
1: Well, you didn't say that. I had to figure it out on my own.
0: Well, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's okay. Um,
1: it's okay. We can, we can move on to the pink eye that's on your leg, you said? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, when I saw this track title, I was like, oh, God. Okay, what is this song going to be about? And I was very thankful that there were no lyrics. I love this track, of course but knowing ween when i saw the title pink eye on my leg i just thought um and i and i also um the song that follows it i already knew what that was so i was just thinking oh god pink eye on my leg this is gonna be some nightmare of a song in terms of its lyricism but then i was like cool this is like an instrumental track i i like this and this this song is like to me, it's kind of a one of a kind song. It doesn't really—I want to say that it doesn't fit with the rest of the album and its theme, but it—but I do think that it fits on the album. It's like got this little zippy instrumental. I don't know what you would call it, but it's like zippy, and weenie, weenie, yeah, weenie, weenie. yeah, <laughs> um, really cool and kind of futuristic. If you're in like the '80s or something, <laughs> and It's got a dog barking, which I absolutely adore, and then like towards the end, there's a guy groaning, and it's it's kind of a real cartoonish song, and I absolutely adore it. It's so fun. Wow,
0: I wasn't expecting you to like this one so much. I mean, really, this is just an instrumental interlude. You know, it's just like
1: (laughs) okay, well, it's it's like this is this is a very rich interlude.
0: Well, yeah, it's it's. I don't even um, think of
1: it as an interlude because it's like so cool.
0: It's like uh, on one thousand Gex. What's that one song? Right, like an interlude, and it's like supposed to sound like them. Flipping through the sounds on GarageBand.
1: Oh yeah, they have a couple of those. No, this is like... This kind of reminds me of the intro track because I didn't write this in my notes, so bear with me. I'm going to try to describe it the best that I can. This song makes me think of a dark ride like not necessarily in disneyland but like you're where everything's like really cartoonish and like there are you know the dog is barking and um i haven't been on the secret life of pets ride but kind of i feel like it would be something like that and when the when the guy is like making his like moaning sounds or groaning sounds it makes me think of like you you hear that like all around you over while you're in the ride and you can't see him but you just like hear him and you're like, oh no, he's he's waking up or something like do do you know what I'm saying? Like I just feel like I'm in a ride Absolutely. when I'm, no, I, when I I'm listening you. to it.
0: I love that you got that out of this.
1: Really? <laughs> like what do you what do you think when you hear it? Cause I would love to be like on our dark ride with this playing and like and see some cool visual effects and stuff because that's totally what this makes me think of
0: well so we don't have to spend too much time on this short little instrumental track i just want to say that that's that's all i thought of it as was just a goofy little instrumental track um i'm really glad you appreciate it so much um, if you want to think about it too much, I think that it's uh, like the sounds of a ship out at sea, you know, you can kind of hear the creaking and there's like a dog on the ship and, and uh, the sound of the guy groaning, you know, he's, it's a guy that's seasick and he's seasick on this ship. And it's just, I don't know, it just a, a little interlude.
1: Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I definitely, I hear it as like the guy is groaning and he's like, the dog is barking like, hey, it's time to get up and feed me and go to work. And he's like, nah, you know?
0: Yeah, I like that too. That's good.
1: Yeah, that's that's just kind of like my little idea when I hear it or something. That's what it makes me think of. But yeah, we can move on because uh, you're kind of waving your dick in the wind.
0: Yeah. And it's <laughs>
1: distracting.
0: Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry um i okay well this is always one of my favorite songs ever of all time i think this song is really oh it's just so good i think it's it's hilarious the music is good it sounds like the primus what was that (laughs) it sounds like the primus bass. you know like it sounds like a less claypool type of thing i don't know any of those words you don't know Primus? you know primus i don't Come on down to South Park, gonna have ourselves a time, you know? No. Or Winona sorry. had a big brown beaver and she stroked it. Every,
1: okay, hey. yes.
0: You know yeah, Winona's big brown beaver?
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, because of you, I yeah. do know.
0: That's Primus.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, this is definitely um, a little crass, cutesy, waving my dick in the wind song.
0: Yeah, and... um.
1: You know, he, it's, it's,
0: wind. it's this guy and he's uh, acting like an idiot and he's dupi- doing stupid things. And it's all to get the attention of a girl so that she will be with him. And he's lost in the sauce. So mm-hmm. the stupid things he's doing, they're just uh, drunken and offensive, like waving his dick in the wind. Yeah. Jimmy Wilson is the name of his penis. And if uh, his Jimmy oh.
1: gets a dime,
0: which is a nice pretty lady... Uh, then old Jimmy Wilson might dance, as in get a boner.
1: Oh, So yeah, I it's thinking- a song
0: about his dick, and uh, he's okay. he's doing stupid things to get the attention of a girl.
1: I was thinking that Jimmy Wilson was like a kid, and like, you know, like, like he says.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. But he also describes <laughs> so- him as old Jimmy Wilson.
1: Yeah, but he says, give that boy a dime.
0: Well, yeah, because he's just a boy. He's still mm. old
1: yeah well yeah i just
0: i love the part where he goes i'm doing the best i can yeah <laughs> this this song is great
1: yeah it is okay i didn't it could know also the... be a
0: song about jerking off
1: to me waving my dick in the wind is him shooting his shot like you know like i'm waving my dick in the wind here because <laughs> yeah. if it because he says it because if it turns out right that she'll be in his arms tonight so i thought it was like a literal metaphor for shooting your shot at least that's how i interpreted it um but obviously this is a silly goofy song about his penis obviously i like this one this is the only song that i besides ocean man this is the only song that i really knew and it's super recognizable like you don't hear waving my dick in the wind one time and then you know, when you hear it again, go like, I don't think I remember that song. Like you're like, oh, yeah, I remember this one.
0: Yeah. I mean, the the first time I heard this one, I was like, oh, my God, like this is the it's best. a no brainer. Um, yeah, I mean. I I, I love this song. I love this song so much. It's so much fun. There's so many good guitar moments on this whole album, but this song is another one. You know, we get that... Uh Yeah. I know I'm imitating all these instruments so well throughout this whole...
1: It gives me, like, a little bit of, like, a ska vibe.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I can hear that, yeah. Some, like, folk ska. And uh, Dean Ween has described this song as a trucker anthem. Totally. And you can see this in... uh, there's, there's a verse where he says, It's been 97 days since I laid my head beside you, and a yeah. million miles of highway in between. There's some red yeah. and blue lights that are shining right behind me, and that yeah. pig's pretty mean bastard. Yeah. So, Gene and Dean Ween, A cab.
1: They said A cab. Mm hmm.
0: You love them. Um, the Jimmy Queens. Wilson voice is hilarious.
1: Yeah. Doing the best I can. Yeah, we already touched on that. Let's move think, on. I just think
0: his little wiener dancing around.
1: Okay, okay. We're moving Sorry. on to Buckingham Green.
0: Yeah, okay. So this was the other one that I thought would be one of your favorites on the album, mostly because this is one of my favorites on the album. Well, I love all the songs on the album, but um, yeah, I predicted that this would be one of your favorites maybe, so I want to hear your thoughts on
1: it. Well, I hate to say that you were wrong. Boo. Um, and I can't because this is my favorite track
0: Let's go! <laughs> I got it I, right. I'm so
1: sorry. Yeah, you. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So you just, you just knew. Um, I love when this song comes I on. Know when this song comes you on so well. You do. Um, when it opens, the opener is sick. I know it just kind of goes right into it, but it's just like a child without a knife, and you're like, fucking, let's do this. This track is so cool. I love it. It's fucking awesome.
0: Yeah, um, it's so
1: sick. It feels so British.
0: <laughs> well, they're not even British.
1: Well, they, okay, but they have, like, these No, I know. European the way they're songs. saying Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Um,
0: <laughs> but uh, this song could be about two things, okay? So the most likely option is that it's about an outdoor shopping mall called Buckingham Green that w- w- was close to uh, Gene and Dean's hometown um, mm-hmm. that they used to hang out at all the time or it could be a type of potent LSD. But it also could be both. This song is very prog rock. It's very King Crimson. Like you can hear the King Crimson influence throughout oh. this whole song, um, which is why it's probably one of my favorites. This is probably why, because I love prog rock. They have described this song as as the song that ties the whole album together. They they They, they said in an interview, they said, Uh, We had these different versions of it, and it was a whole different song. We sacrificed the entire song just for the solo, which I think is the most composed solo section that we've ever done. In every other version, it was just those lyrics. A child without an eye made her mother cry. It was just repetition. Then we did the solo section, tore the whole song down, and rebuilt it. There's a reason for everything, and that was the time for that song to be born again. Which you know, I think is 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 really cool that the song evolved in that way. Because I agree, that solo section of this song is just so sick. I'm so glad that the solo is there because oh, uh, yeah, it's awesome.
1: Yeah, it is really great. If you don't listen to this album, just like just check out this song, and it's a really cool like breakdown. I. I love the Spanish guitar mixed with the distorted electric guitar which turns into this like little explosion and then it brings us back to the epic song and it's it's so cool. I love it. I think it's awesome. I'm
0: I'm so glad that you love this song. I'm so glad that I was right. I was like cuz I was thinking I was like when you asked me what your favorites might be, the first one that popped into my head was Buckingham Green. Like You nailed it. I know you that sucks. You should be less obvious about who you are. Sorry. That's okay. I forgive you.
1: I only know how to be who I am and who I am is an ocean man. Oh my god. <laughs> ocean man, take me take by, me the, by hand. the hand, lead me lead to me the to land, land that you that understand. You understand.
0: <laughs> See, everyone everyone if you know a ween song and you were born Between 1992 and 2005, then you probably know this song because of the memes or of the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. And I know you don't want me to talk about Spongebob anymore, but I think this song is important to talk about Spongebob because that's how this song got so popular was because of This is
1: the most Spongebob song on the album. It's okay to talk about it with this track because this track is super Spongebob core. And yeah, my note was Ocean Man. Yeah, of course I've heard this. I just couldn't think of it for some reason in the recording of the last episode and everyone is laughing at me, but that's okay
0: everyone's laughing and pointing
1: yeah they're like oh my god it's so embarrassing
0: <laughs> so, so tell me tell me I want to hear your your genuine thoughts on this song though
1: uh yeah so it's a good time song I think it's a song to make you smile and have a good time it's super beachy sounding this album is just super good at sounding oceanic and this is one of those songs that really succeeds it's one of the only true upbeat songs um because there are like some other like upbeat moments but this is like true like just soaking up the thirst of the land we're just like having a grand old time out at the beach that's what it sounds like and that's kind of what it is it kind of puts you in a good mood and um it's super memorable and i feel like this song is an obvious fan favorite and again like if you only know one song by ween it's probably this one i do like it's like see this is my thing it's like it's not my most favorite song and i like it but it's just like kind of eh. but if when it's on i'm like yeah woo like it just puts you in a good time mood
0: yeah i i i you know Even for me, it's hard to separate this song from Spongebob and from the goofiness of Spongebob. I mean, this song is a banger, though, like unequivocally.
1: And you don't have to separate it from Spongebob. You can enjoy it. I mean,
0: the credits for the Spongebob Squarepants movie was my first exposure to Ween. I gotta be thankful for that, you know?
1: They exposed you to their Ween in the theater? Yeah. I'm so sorry.
0: That's okay. I still didn't know about this album until um, (laughs) many, many, many years later, obviously. Uh, I had the DVD of the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, and I would watch it all the time at my grandma's house. Of course, when the credits came up, you know, there was this wave that, that, that I remember the there was uh, it was in the Spongebob font and there was waves in the background of the credits and it was Ocean Man playing and I used to jam out to it and be like, mm, mm, yeah, mm. I loved it. I, it was I loved it even as a kid. I knew I knew what good music was even even back then.
1: So did I. I was listening to my kids' Bop records, just having a grand old time.
0: That movie also had songs from The Flaming Lips and Wilco. Like, they had some good music on that soundtrack.
1: I'm so glad this is not a Spongebob podcast.
0: We should start a Spongebob podcast.
1: All right. You're making me want to leave.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, before this song was in the Spongebob movie and in a bunch of memes, it was a legend among alternative art rock contemporaries. Um, and it perfectly defines Ween's silliness and goofiness and their musical abilities. And it's, it's hard to separate the song from the status it has now. And, and the lyrics don't really need analyzing. You know, they're singing about a man that basically lives off of the ocean and uh, everything surrounding it. And uh, yeah. we also get more themes of LSD. Uh, being stuck out at sea can turn you into an ocean man,
1: mm-hmm.
0: a working man, right? you know like like say a dirty salty scraggly old sailor right that's what i think of when i think of an ocean man yeah but but now yes now i'm making you want to leave
1: she wanted to leave
0: the outro to the album
1: yeah not my most favorite outro ever
0: okay speak on that
1: well sonically it's not my favorite i i like the song just um the the way that it sounds isn't my favorite. It's a sad story, and I love the story of this song. Just based on the music, it's not my favorite, but I adore the story. And there's like so much emotion about this woman who wanted to leave, and I'm really like curious about about this song.
0: Curious how?
1: Well, I don't know. So like, it's pretty straightforward in its story, but I don't know. It just. It said that. So it said that. Um, he says, "I've cared, or since you were a child, I've loved you so long. Since you were a child, I've cared for your every need." So I'm like, "Is is this his love? Is this his child? Is this his? Is this someone he's like taken? Like it's not really his child, but he he like took someone's child."
0: Yeah. So
1: because, yeah, I don't know if you want to kind of tell the story of the song or what.
0: We we get a story about. Three pirates that boarded this guy's ship and uh, took his true love, right? But we quickly learn that there's more to the story because she wanted to leave. And we start to realize that, you know, hmm, maybe um she wasn't taken from him. Maybe she just left. And uh, he's telling the story of three pirates taking her to make it seem cooler for him. And, um, yeah, you know, I think he definitely was someone that uh, took her. I think he's a pirate himself. And he took her Mm -hmm. and, you know, made her his own. Right? Yeah. Maybe she did fall in love with him. Stockholm syndrome kind of stuff. um, But she never properly loved him. She always wanted to leave, you know, and uh, he was so mad. That he blew up the ship that she was on. And um, but you know,
1: No, uh, he didn't.
0: But, yeah, he says, he says, Go gather the guns, we'll blast them at sea. She begged for me not to shoot, for my true love is here with me. I've never loved thee, and now I must leave.
1: Yeah, that it doesn't say that he that he shot Go the gather ship. the
0: guns, we'll blast them at sea. She begged for me not to shoot. She was on the other ship going, Don't shoot, don't shoot. And then they shot at the ship.
1: It doesn't say that.
0: Well, that's how I hear it. What uh, do you hear? That's fine. It
1: it, you know, he's saying, go gather the guns. We'll blast them at sea. And then she says, please don't shoot. My true love is here with me. And I've never loved thee. And now I must leave. And he's like, oh. And he's like, he's like frozen. and he, But he doesn't do it.
0: Well, I think And now I, he's drinking. I think we get confirmation that he did do it. Because he says, for I'm not the man I used to be. Now I'm one of them. I think he regrets doing what he did. I think he's saying I'm no better than them. I d- caused this violence. I did this bad thing. I think that's confirmation that he did do it.
1: Perhaps. Maybe. I'm just saying it's not it's not written. It's not, you know, it's a, it's reading between the lines. There's space there to read between the lines.
0: Yeah. I yeah, I mean I agree with you. This hasn't always been one of my most uh, favorites on the album, but uh, listening to it more deeply, especially for this podcast, I grew a greater appreciation for this song. And I find this one getting stuck in my head a lot more.
1: I really like this. I really like this song. Like it's not my favorite sonically, but I think that the story makes up for it like so much. And then like, while I'm listening to him, Sing the lyrics i'm just like oh this is what, like what a story you know so yeah i do really like it. it's just not my most favorite like outro um but it's yeah. it's still great and it, it kind of ends with this like gong sound that i was wondering about
0: um do you
1: do you know anything about that
0: no i'm not i'm not entirely sure but um, fake fan I, sorry um <laughs>
1: and then there's a hidden outro
0: yeah, so, well, the yeah, the album, you know, fully closes out with this dark atmospheric version of the intro dancing in the show tonight. You know, to me, this kind of, I mean, it perfectly rounds out the album and defines the theme of the album. It's It takes this goofy song and makes it kind of eerie. It feels like sinking slowly to the bottom of the ocean as it gets darker and darker around you.
1: Oh, that's a great description.
0: What started out as a cheery album is, is now an eerie pit of sorrow. And then uh, we hear the wind start to blow and there's no more music. You've sunk too far under the water. You're gone forever.
1: Mm, yeah, I really love, I love the reprise of I'm dancing in this show tonight. I love the way that it's played in like downtrodden, defeated manner. And I said it does sound like you're on a ship. You're on a ship with the, and it's like creaking and the whistle of the wind surrounds you i had like a little bit of a it's not really like a theory but because this is such a cohesive album i was thinking that it was kind of like a play and i'm dancing in the show tonight is like like the start of it but not the start of the play but like the the beginning uh, before the play the kid is like you know obviously he's dancing in the show tonight am i gonna do a good job the prologue yeah it's a prologue and then um at the very end since You know, the epilogue, the little outro of the reprise of Dancing in the Show Tonight... Um, And since it sounds so sad, like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, so it's, like, kind of coming back in and, like, maybe he feels like he didn't do a good job in his performance and, like, the whole, like, album kind of is, like, a play or something. Yeah, I can almost see, like, the stage
0: curtains closing slowly and the lights in the theater going out.
1: Yeah. So it's not really, like, a theory, but I was like, what if that's what this is? And (laughs) it was just kind of, like, just kind of how I was thinking about this album while i was listening to it
0: all in all this is a fun lighthearted album and um it doesn't take itself too seriously and there's moments where it highlights experiences that can you know only be enjoyed to uh It's fullest potential if you take some drugs or maybe perhaps sail out to sea. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, as fun and as silly as this album is, I think the excellent songwriting, song structure, engineering, all of it and theming. uh, Yeah, like you said, it's such a cohesive album and it's all on on full display with some truly heartfelt moments. It makes this a maritime masterpiece. I said it before, I'll say it again, a maritime masterpiece. I agree. I've been obsessed with it for a while, and I am so glad that you finally listened to it.
1: Me too. Thank you so much for introducing it to me. You thought that I would rate it a five or a six. What do you think after hearing my thoughts? What do you think my after rating hearing would be? your
0: thoughts? I think you're gonna uh, give it a higher rating than a five or a six. You know, um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you seemed to really like it. I think I think you might might give it an eight. If I'm being too optimistic,
1: it's an eight for me.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. I was I was right. There we go.
1: You definitely were right on the money. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one. It was super fun, super easy to listen to, too. Yeah, uh, which I really liked. So, I'm so dude. glad
0: that that makes me so happy that you liked this album. I mean, obviously, this album is a ten for me, but yeah, it 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 makes me really happy that you liked this album. That's I mean, it's not the reaction I was expecting when I initially told you that you should listen to this album, but um, you were... Yeah. Uh, you took it in stride.
1: Yeah, I had so much fun with this album. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, you've heard my thoughts. Thank you so much for taking me through it and introducing it to me and Thank forcing you. me to listen to it against my will for everybody's enjoyment and entertainment. So Yes.
0: I guess that does it this time for the podcast. But uh before this, for we this go. Episode. For this episode, yes. not for this podcast. The podcast is over. <laughs> Um, we're gonna have a next episode and, and what's gonna happen that next episode.
1: Are you ready for your album? Of course. All right. Your assignment is divorce lawyers. I shaved my head.
0: Okay. So I knew I knew that this album was gonna come up this season.
1: Oh no. I,
0: I was like, I was like, if sh- she's gonna pick any album, it's gonna be this one. And and I was right. So yes. Okay, okay, cool. I'm excited. I'm excited to get into it. We'll be back next time, and I and I hope that everyone that's listening will be back with us.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. You better tune in next time to hear Tanner's thoughts on divorce lawyers. I shaved my head. Peace out, bitches.
0: Oh, that's kind of. Like, <laughs> why did you call them bitches?
1: <laughs> I just I was just being my fun self. Sorry if it's too much. For- <laughs>
0: Thank you to Jacob Dotson for the music in the intro and outro of this episode. And thank you to anyone out there who might be listening. We'll see you next time.